asked a, a lot when it comes to the book of Genesis. We're, we're going through the book of Genesis and looking at some of the key stories found there. We saw that Sarai became Sarah and Abram became Abraham. And we're going to look at a man for the next two weeks who also had a name change. And his name was Jacob. He was given that name at birth when he grabbed the heel of his older twin brother on the way out the birth canal. So the name heel grabber is what his name means. But some other definitions for that are supplanter, schemer, deceiver. And that pretty much sums up. Jacob's life. He cheated his brother out of his birthright, which was the double portion due to the oldest son. He also cheated his brother out of his blessing, the father's blessing, which was the prophetic announcement that a father would give usually at the end of his life over his children. Jacob was a schemer. He covered every angle. He always came out on top. He was the kind of guy that would go into a revolving door second and come out first. I don't know if you've ever met anyone like that. Maybe that someone is you. A lot of people are schemers, wheeler dealers. They always want the first piece of the pie. They climb the ladder to success and it doesn't matter how many toes they have to step on to get there. No one is getting in their way. And their religion isn't necessarily money. It's often power. They love to control other people. Not only was Jacob deceiving and manipulative, he was smart and cunning, usually got what he wanted. But he wasn't so great at relationships. His father, Isaac, loved his older twin brother, Esau, better. He was controlled by his mom. He married Two sisters, so you can only imagine the kind of conflict he had in his home. He, he favored one son, Joseph, over his older ten brothers. His brothers sold Joseph into slavery, and Jacob thought for years that his son was dead. And you think your family's dysfunctional. Jacob put the fun in dysfunction. So I always think, is the Bible relevant or What? The Bible is extremely relevant to the situations we find ourselves in as families. Yet, Jacob is in the hall of faith in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. So his story ends well, and so can your story. Jacob struggled because of his upbringing and choices. And if you're struggling in your family, don't be discouraged or disheartened or give up. Because you're struggling, I believe, to a great faith, just like Jacob struggled to a great faith. God changed him and God can change you. And for that reason, I'm hopeful. We're going to read Genesis 25, 21 through 34. And the first fill in that we're going to talk about is the birthright. Genesis 25, 21 through 34. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. You can go to the Lord with whatever's going on in your life. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. 
and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau, which means red. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob, heel grabber. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Edom was the country he founded. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. There are some obvious and notable differences between these twins. Esau was a man's man. He liked hunting, grilling, NASCAR, the NFL and trucks. Whereas Jacob was more a mama's boy. He liked to sit inside and hack other people's computers. He, he was moody and melancholy, I presume, but he was also cunning and savvy. He tricked Esau out of his birthright. He used his weaknesses against him. Hebrews 12, 16 and 17, the writer there, see that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. So the writer of the Hebrews tells us the real story about Esau. He was a godless man. So I don't think we should feel too sorry for him being tricked. He rejected his birthright. He didn't value God's plan. He only thought about his fleshly appetites. He only thought about satisfying the moment. And so he was responsible for his own demise. But Jacob also stole his blessing. That was the most important thing that a father could give to his son. And we're going to read about that in Genesis 27. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then. Get your weapons, your quiver and bow. Go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, 
Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man and I'm a man with smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and he would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, my son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, my father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord, your God, gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father, Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am. He replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord is blessed. May God give of heaven's dew and of earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He, too, prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, my father, sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father, Isaac, asked him, who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. 
When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau. I have made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants. And I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches Away from the dew of heaven above, you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. The blessing. Let's talk about that. Isaac knew from birth God's plan was to bless the younger. But yet he liked and favored the older son more. And so he was determined to bless him instead. But his senses deceived him along with Rebecca and Jacob. He felt the hairy hands and arms and smelled the animal smell on his clothes and listened to the voice and tasted the stew. His fifth sense sight was gone. You see, he was blind. But because the other four senses said Esau, he was deceived. He falls for the scheme. Esau comes in, but it's too late. The blessing given couldn't be taken back. That tells us that our words are important. Fathers, your words to your children are very important. Esau is furious. He vows revenge on Jacob, vows to kill him. Rebecca knows this and tells Jacob to run. So how do you recognize a schemer, a deceiver? They're usually taught by a master. Could be a parent, in this case, a mother or a business partner. It's someone willing to shade the truth. And when things unravel, they run. They don't accept responsibility for their own decisions. So Jacob runs to Haran in Syria, where he had family. He would be on the run the next 20 years. You know what? He didn't need to steal this birthright or blessing because God would have given it to him. That was God's intention. God had chosen him for great things, but he felt that he had to help God out. You know, take matters into his own hands a little bit. Have you ever done that? Or do the right thing the wrong way. Cut a corner. Tell a little white lie. God wanted to bless Jacob. But he always took it first. He tried to earn it. And it's the same way with religion. People try to earn it. They, they think if I'll just be good enough, perhaps I can earn God's blessings. But we Christians are already blessed in Christ. Jacob isn't secure in who he is. And I think a psychologist would have a field day analyzing Jacob. He feels unworthy. He never felt that he had his father's love or acceptance. He didn't feel that his dad was proud of him. He felt rejected, second best, which made him feel that he couldn't trust God either. 
A father's love is so important. So he felt he had to find it for himself. He spent 20 years trying to earn God's love when it was there all along. You can't earn God's love. It's freely given. And it took him 20 years to figure that out. I really hope it doesn't take you 20 years to figure that out. Stop running away from God and just run into his loving arms. On his way to Haran, about halfway, he falls asleep and has a dream. And in his dream, he sees a ladder going to heaven known as Jacob's ladder. Or it was really God's ladder. This is the real stairway to heaven. Let's read about that in Genesis 28, 10 through 15. And the fill in here is Bethel. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending to descending on it. I think of this as like a portal, a place between heaven and earth, a thin place. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Wow, that is fantastic. An awesome pronouncement of Father God to Jacob. An unconditional promise to bless him mightily. That the blessing would flow through his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac and through him. But he didn't take it that way because he's a schemer. Now I want to continue on in that story a few more verses. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So let's analyze this interpretation of the dream by Jacob. God promises to bless him unconditionally, but Jacob's not sure. So he makes a deal with God. He plays wheel of fortune. Surely the Lord is in this place. Jacob spun the wheel and hit the jackpot. And if you're lucky 
God will bless you, too. He came to just the right place, a lucky place, a lucky rock, a lucky shirt. He's always been lucky in life or made his own luck. Then he played, let's make a deal. If God be with me, then he will be my God. Listen, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. But God doesn't cut deals with you. God's presence is mighty in that place. And look what he really wants. Safety, food and clothes. Then he plays Hollywood Squares. It's going to be God's house here. God, why don't you live right here at Bethel? I'll build you a house here. Let, let me contain you and confine you so I always know where you're at. We want to put God in our little box, our Sunday morning box. We want Monday through Saturday to be our own, do our own thing. God, I would like you to conform to my way of thinking. Then he plays the price is right. I'll give you a tenth. He's trying to buy God's favor, earn God's love. I'll make it worth your while, God. Jacob plays games with people and God. And God isn't anyone to be trifled with. He doesn't play games. But we're going to see how God deals with Jacob next week. So by way of application, here's some questions I'd like you to think about this week. Think about your childhood. You're growing up years. Are there any wounds there that need healed? Are you a schemer, a manipulator? In what ways? Is there anything you need to confess and forsake? How are you at just receiving God's grace? Just being childlike. And opening your arms and just receiving what God has for you. Or do you somehow still feel like I've got to earn it? When's the last time you really experienced God's presence? Lord, as we think about these questions this week. And we think about Jacob's life. I know, especially as a young believer, I could so easily relate to Jacob and Peter in the New Testament. I felt I was like them, sadly, in so many ways and still are to some degree. But, Lord, you're changing me. I'm thankful for that. Lord, I pray that these stories in Genesis of various people that that you called, you chose them, you had your hand on them. For a divine purpose that we can see your divine purpose in us, too, that we could learn lessons from someone like Jacob, that we could trust you more deeply. We, we can hear your voice speaking to us and the promises that you're giving to us and, and the mission you called us to and receive your grace and be your child and just rest in you. We don't have to earn it. It's been there all along. We just have to open our hearts and accept it. And we do accept it. We accept your love, your grace, your son.
And Lord, if there's anyone here in this room today who doesn't know you as his or her personal savior, never really surrendered their will to you. Maybe try to be a good person. Try to earn it. That today that they would say right there where they're seated. Lord, I can't do it on my own. It's impossible. I fall short again and again, but I put my faith and trust in you. I renounce my old ways of doing things, of manipulating and controlling. And I surrender to you. I will trust you. Put your spirit inside of me and fill me, Lord, more of you and less of me. Lord, I pray that you will minister to every heart today. Do what only you can do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.